Welcome back to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. My guest again today for the 1st of October 2019 is Adam Gennady. He's written an incredible novel that'll be out on uh, Valentine's Day in 2020 called This is the End of Something, But It's Not the End of You. Uh, It's just his latest, but not his first. He's got a bunch of really great stuff out there, all of which I have read and encourage you to read. And Adam, welcome back. First of all, great to have you back. Thank you. I wanted to ask you about a book that's just been incredibly important to me and also important to a bunch of my friends. And it's been important to my friends primarily because I just hand it out to everybody that I think might benefit from reading it, which as it turns out is most of my friends. Uh, It's a book that I'm slightly going to edit the title of it, but it's essentially called uh, The Do-It-Yourself Guide to Fighting the Big Sad. And it's It's one of those books that proves that you can be both brief and incredibly powerful. It's a a thin little volume. You could chuck it in your pocket and carry it around with you. And by the time you finish reading it, I feel like, uh, at least in my own experience, by the time I finished reading it the first time, I had more tools than I had before I started to deal with life as it actually is. Not, Not the kind of fantasy life of our best social media selves or whatever it might be, but the actual world that exists. So I just wanted to ask you about how that how that book came into being? What inspired you to write it? Well, I didn't really realize I was writing it at the time that I was writing it. Uh, I was using a social media platform that has kind of fallen out of use called Tumblr. And I guess I probably started in about 2010. I started writing little bit, little lists and articles on Tumblr. And I was kind of going through a rough time, but more so a few of my friends, a few people that were very close to me were also going through not the best time. So I sort of was writing those pieces as pep talks to them, but also to myself. And then they got a lot of attention online at that time. And I just decided to throw them all together as a book. And I'd say half of it probably came from stuff that was previously written and put on Tumblr. And then the rest of it came together in maybe the, the few months that I was writing it. It came out as a zine first. And then it's just like it sold way too many copies to have printed down at the copy shop. So Pioneers Press released it as a book and then ever since then it's, you know, every few every six months or so another printing comes out and it's kind of just taken on a life of its own. Why do you think it speaks to people the way that it does? I think the brevity is is important, just in the fact that like when you're not doing well you don't want to read a three hundred page novel. You don't want you don't want anything that's too dense. Kind of get in there and get out and for something that's direct and and simply written and and very short i believe you can read it in maybe an hour you can even listen to an audiobook if you want because i did one of those it's it's a, it's a really quick experience and i think that the list the list format has kind of fallen out of favor in the last few years just because of websites like buzzfeed and stuff but i think the list is a very good format I really like lists and I think I, my mind organizes itself with lists and I relate to the world with lists. And I think a lot of people do as well. Uh, One of the important lines that came out of the book and uh, when I got my first like bulk order of the book, um, the press also sent a bunch of postcards with it that say on them, uh, everyone good is necessary and I've sent those to many people over the years. And I just wanted to ask you about that line and, and what you intended by it. I think there was no intention at all when I originally wrote that line. I think it was it was just a line that followed another line, and I didn't intend it 
to have much resonance, but it has with people. But I think it's also sometimes taken out of context a little bit to be more of like a blanket statement that, you know, that, you know, everything's fine and everything's great and everyone's nice and everyone's good. But really it's, it, I see, I feel it is almost like almost a prohibitive statement where it's like, this is for, this is for, you know, people that are not walking a bad path. You know, I, it, everyone's good is not, is necessary does not apply to Nazis. It does not apply to, to racists. And I guess, there's a lot of really bad people out there in the world right now. And I don't feel like they should be included in that statement, but it's also a tough one because who is good? I mean, who do you, some people don't consider themselves good. And I kind of like a lot of the things in the book kind of back up that statement, I guess, to say, look at yourself. You are doing good things. You are a good person. Even if sometimes you just think that you're scum or dirt. I love the ambiguousness of it for exactly the reasons you just said. I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of judgment and perspective that can be brought to bear on a on a phrase like everyone good. And uh, as you just stated, I think, you know, we we all bring our different takes on what that might mean. But I also I also like being reminded um we have that the postcard on our on our refrigerator and I see it every once in a while and I'm just reminded that it is in fact necessary to have other people that a a completely solitary existence, you know, it, it may work for the occasional forest monk in Thailand or whatever, but at least in my particular case, and I think in the case of most people having some sort of support network or affinity group or whatever it might be is really important for our mental health. Uh, there's a, a cancel culture nowadays or whatever it's called where you tend to, and I know I tend to be quick on the trigger to just like erase things from my life that bother me. And sometimes it's good to be reminded that you have to, some things are worth working on and that you have to keep some kind of circle of support. So you're not just in some insular self-reflective bubble. That was always a really hard thing for me because as Americans were brought up to be these islands, you know, we've got this, this stupid idea of American individuality that was, I don't know, was it, was it created to like keep people away from communism? I'm not sure but I feel like a more collective lifestyle as, as just animals works better for all of us. And I know I, I live pretty socially isolated myself in the country. And I know that there are times when I'm too isolated and, and my, and I go to bad places in my head and I, I get fatalistic really easily. And I need to be around people. I think we all do, even if it's just small groups. Does touring help you with that? I know you spend some amount of time on the road bringing your work around the country. Does that, is that one of the ways to, to find those small groups? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's also, I, I know that I have to do that every once in a while just to get myself out of, you know, living in the country and being isolated. It's, 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 it's healthy for me. And it's, it's something that I, I force myself to do. And I have a hard time. I don't really hang out in my normal life, I'm pretty much working on writing stuff all the time or reading. So I don't really like go to parties or, or like have set people that I just like hang out with all the time besides my partner. And so I have to kind of force myself to go out and like be a real human and interact with people and, and, and do things that aren't connected to work. (laughs) I laugh because the people who listen to this show who know me at all, which is some small percentage of them, will <laughs> wonder 
Man, that sounded a lot like Adam speaking, but it sounded like Jason's words. So those are (laughs) just, yeah, assume that I also could have said all of that because I've said that on the show before (laughs) that that's that's exactly it. And so for the same reason, I go out and, you know, make music occasionally or do poetry readings or whatever, just to be reminded that there's an out to go to sometimes. Um, Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, you really do. Uh, I'm talking with Adam Gennady. Adam, can you come back for one more episode? Definitely. His next novel comes out in uh, February 2020. It's called This is the End of Something, but it's not the end of you on Pioneers Press, where you can also find uh, previous things uh, by Adam, including the thing we were talking about on this episode, uh, which is the do-it-yourself guide to fighting the big sad. And uh, there are there are a few books of its size that are more useful, in my personal opinion. So get yourself some copies and pass them out to friends like Candy. Uh, I'm Jason Crane. You can find this show at abriefchat.com, where you can also become a member if you would like. And that helps me keep doing what I'm doing. And it also helps me not have to go out and ask anyone for money. I can do all of that from the basement. You can find this show on social media and all those kind of things and get in touch as well. If you have an idea for a guest, maybe that guest is you. You can do all that at abriefchat.com. I love you. A better world is possible. Beep.